0: Welcome to Coffee, Eggs and Inspiration. It's a weekly show that goes out over YouTube and as a podcast over all of the major channels. And each week, I get to sit with an inspiring person and listen to them tell their story and share it with all of you. This week is no different. I'm super excited to be joined by Zach Alsop from The Zach and Jay Show, a YouTuber. Welcome, Zach.
1: Thanks for having me, Craig. I'm glad we're uh, yeah, finally doing this.
0: Amazing hat, by the way, I didn't bring my hat, I should have, uh, should have done that.
1: Yeah, I've been called Papa Smurf so many times today on meetings because of the blue and white that's content. A good point,
0: <laughs> blue and white content. That's a good, good shout. Okay, so Papa Smurf is with us today. Um, Zach, is a, Zach is a YouTuber, as I said, one half of the, the Zach and Jay show, uh, a big, uh, big YouTube channel, almost 800,000 subscribers, 58 million views of their content. Uh, some videos more than 20 million just on a single uh, video, and these guys are are, are amazing. Uh, they they have done uh, some spectacular uh, content, which I find really funny. Uh, uh, things like blagging their way onto the Team GB Olympic parade float, which got got some real notoriety, and that was on Zach's uh, channel preceding uh, the Zach and Jay show. Um faked uh, uh faked a model their, their friend uh Max into the London Fashion Week and did the same thing subsequently uh with a granny, uh the uh <laughs> the Max video. <laughs> I think that was the twenty that's twenty two million views, I think, and yeah. still climbing. Sure. Uh, it, yeah.
1: Wow. It's just it brings me back when you say it, it makes me laugh. And the granny well, yeah.
0: one. Uh, the granny and you dress them in these ridiculous things, right? Deliberately. Yeah. ridiculous things and they were getting pepped and interviewed by international media and all sorts of stuff fantastic yeah. elizabeth actually
1: made it to vogue which i'm very proud of but um, anyway, no. i'll let you carry on with your intro it just made me laugh as you said it it made it to vogue yeah elizabeth <laughs> did she had a feature in vogue which was a, a little lifelong dream of her so um yeah we'll, we'll take that
0: that is so funny it's probably about now that i say i'm going to link these below right you, you have to guide me by the way you're actually oh,
1: yeah. you so, yeah you you need to give uh you need to give the audience something to go to so uh,
0: yeah i do cards as well so cards uh, up up the top for these uh for these books um a lemonade stand outside bill and melinda gates's house in seattle uh i think you actually sold some lemonade didn't you to we was did, it melinda? Yeah.
1: well it's it's very it's up for debate and I, if it was melinda then I regret that day to the to the day I die because um, we had an opportunity there to pitch to the man and the woman herself. Um, but we didn't, it was just one of those moments where we were so scared of getting shot. It was just in our heads that everyone had guns and we were in such a, like a high net worth area. Everyone had yeah. private security. So in that moment, it was just so scary approaching the blacked out Range Rover that I just wasn't even looking properly. It was just, but we got a dollar anyway. So, um, Who else can say that they got a dollar off
0: Melinda Gates? Well, exactly. Well, quite a few people, I imagine. They're quite... (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyway, but not like that, you're right. Um, Testing pet-friendly shops. So I think some shops advertise themselves as pet-friendly. So you guys got a couple of alpacas and started testing that policy and and seeing where the limits were. 48 hours recently with the top uh, gaming team in, in Germany. And most recently, um you icing yourself with uh, mad Dutchman Wim Hof or Wim Hof, I mean that must have been crazy. Um uh,
1: suffering, but the best sort of suffering I've ever endured. It was um yeah, that was that was an experience I'll I'll never forget.
0: You All you have done some some unbelievable things and the list goes on. That's just a subsection of it. What's the most memorable one?
1: I I would say definitely this year has gotta be I don't know, actually. Now that now that you've asked me that, I was just going to come out and say Wim, Wim Hof. I lived at Wim Hof's house for 48 hours, and he put me and a friend through the absolute test of our <laughs> lives and did things that we didn't even know we were physically capable of, namely uh, being in a minus 25 um, meat chiller, which, you know, all the gangster movies, they put people in those to die and um, you just freeze to death. And we were in there in our boxer shorts after just wetting our hair and um, walked around for half an hour. And uh, yeah, so th- that one definitely came at a time. At the end of like last year, I just needed some hard reset and um, got given the opportunity with uh, Thomas from yesterday. who's a good friend of ours, another channel from LA who was going out to see him and luckily got to, got the invite. So um, that that one was probably... What I regard as one of the most life-changing experiences, filming-wise, because um, I mean, I've taken his method forward as a result. I'm cold showering every day, and I've installed a shower on my balcony. Like I just, I'm fully in that weird, crazy, like headspace where I just absolutely love getting cold now. So, um, yeah, that that one definitely had the most lasting change. But when when I when I mention that to you, actually, I realised that we we also recently um, did a video with Judy Dench, which was. Like so surreal and just um something I never thought could ever happen in a million years. So there's there's a good few in the last year alone that that have been super memorable.
0: Well, you keep coming out, I think the Judy Dench one was the Zoom call where you got you tried to get as many celebrities on the Zoom call, right?
1: Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, that was it. It just made me like me and Jay after that call, I remember because we were obviously stuck in the flat because of lockdown and we were banging our head against the wall, thinking what can we do that's creatively amazing and as big as we want to kind of do, all our videos need to feel big or at least like we've achieved something quite mad. And um, it was after that call that we just we just looked at each other and we we're like, what? what just happened? Like literally what happened? Like normally you'd have to go through layers and layers and layers of her team, her people, like all these people that are close to her um, and protecting her time, rightly so. And normally, you know, even to get her on a TV show, she'd need something to promote, otherwise I'm sure she wouldn't bother. Um, but yeah, we just went direct to her grandson who probably has a very special place in our heart and um was able to convince her to get on a on a Zoom call to uh give a nice little monologue to the um to the rest of the unsuspecting people in there. So yeah, that was that was very special that moment.
0: Amazing, amazing. We'll come back to the uh the the question of how you come up with these ideas, but there's a lot of people who are who are probably watching thinking god you know you guys have built this channel uh in record time almost growing very very quickly you've clearly found the formula that works um give us your top five tips for anyone who's who's looking for uh, inspiration on how to start a youtube channel your top five
1: yeah i will just say we found a formula we haven't found the formula the, the thing with youtuber and the beauty and the um the annoyance of it sometimes is that no matter what you uh no matter what you think is working there will be a opposite complete opposite version which is also working as well if not better than you so um yeah that's the beauty of the platform but i mean our method is um yeah our our kind of formula at least is viral friendly ideas and kind of um regular content but yeah i'll dive straight into it because i have had a think on this i want them to be good i'd say number one before we even get into anything technical why are you doing it right i'd ask yourself why you were doing it and i would start from a passion point if you're going to start from a passion point i believe that is the um the rocket fuel that is going to get you through some of the harder longer more kind of difficult just like disappointing times that the platform will probably offer you up at the start um mine my passion point for example was like I loved filmmaking, so I was, I was making videos all throughout my kind of childhood before there was even really a reason to do so. Um, I love storytelling. I love like the idea that when our grandparents were and our parents, for that matter, were growing up, they, they can get nostalgic by looking through photo books, but now we have just it, it, the idea of me being an old man and having like a grandchild like grandchildren around me. And just showing them what me and my best mate have been up to when we we're in our 20s like it's just such an amazing like we're the the first kind of generation of people to ever do that so the idea of step telling those stories um for the world and just for my own family in the future is, is incredible um, and then that coupled with like i just an urge to live life on my own terms and have constant adventure and not live a life that i'd kind of regret when i'm older um that is kind of the zach and jay show. So that is, that is my passion. It drives me. That is, I wouldn't want to live life any other way. Um, and that is kind of shown through our videos. I mean, we, the, the concepts and stuff that we try and try and execute on They're they're big ideas, right? There's easier things to do on the platform. There is, you know, not to discredit any other sort of content, but there is easier videos to make. Um, but, I wouldn't have it any other way. I I want to go out and do these things. And I want to experience life firsthand through the videos. Um, so that is, that's where I started. And that is what, what drives us through some of the harder times on the, um, on the platform. Um, swiftly carry on number two, expect nothing for a while. Now that's that, that sounds quite depressing. It sounds quite dark dingy, but, um, if you're if you're growing a, a channel and, and you want to make it a job and you want to make that switch over to a job, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, like you said, Craig, you were very nice in saying we grew our channel very fast, but we we got we had a great start off point where I was I was doing a YouTube channel beforehand, so we skipped the hardest point, which is zero to a thousand subscribers. Is is the most disappointing soulless slog that you can ever imagine. You're you're probably making great stuff, or you're making you're putting stuff out into the world that you genuinely care about and um and no one cares <laughs> and no one's seeing it and and just battling with that internally is hard. It's like first off, making a decision to to put yourself out there in public scrutiny, in in front of your friends, your family, whatever. It's inherently quite a weird thing to do to start with because you are essentially talking to no one. It's it's a lot easier to justify if we're broadcasting to 100, 200 300,000 people. Um, so making that first decision to just acknowledge you're going to do it and you're going to do it for a while before anyone even bothers or cares to watch um, takes a little a little kind of mental uh, strength to get through because, yeah, it's a, it's a long old slog, that part. And I, actually recently I watched a great video called... Um, the Gap, and it's actually hosted on Vimeo uh, by a, like some crazy filmmaker, and it basically is talking about the gap is the time between where you have, you have great taste, right? So you know what content you like, you know um, what sort of stuff you wanna be making, you know what you're passionate about, but there's a gap in skill, basically, and you're basically producing work that you find disappointing for uh, however long that is. But in order to close that gap, the only thing that you can do is just keep making content or keep making whatever it is you want to make. And you'll gradually close the gap. But in that gap is, as I said, a lot of like scrutiny, there'll be hate, there'll be like you second guessing yourself. There'll be other people like telling you just quit. There'll be like realistic, like other things that you can go and do. There's all this stuff. And the only way to like basically close that gap is output and time ultimately. So, um, being realistic and not everything happens overnight i think like um viral success is, is seen as this like golden egg which everyone's shooting for but um you need to uh you need to build a foundation and kind of get the quality of work to where it needs to be in order to to really um build a quality audience i think
0: um, well, is a, an overnight success right if, and if there is it's a certainly a very long night but what you're saying actually <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me this is a hobby uh not a job i i, I do it because i love it and, and enjoy it and find it an interesting event, adventure but i'm in that gap I've, yeah. I've got we're in january 2021 i've got 720 subscribers i think at the moment so sort of in that gap between zero and a thousand right now yeah yeah private session after this you need to give me some <laughs>
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's a it's a hard old slog like it it just it just is and and it's it's like people i remember when i was starting it's just like we were doing and jay was kind of actively involved from the get-go really it was only the zach and jay show when we first went into business with each other but we were doing such crazy stuff that i was like people people know well i know that people will find this mad because my mates find this mad and they are representative of normal people our age. It just needs to be seen. If it's seen by more people, then more people will appreciate it, and then more people will give a shit, and then more people will start to tune in. But yeah, you you do second guess yourself. So because so many times where it should happen and then it doesn't, and I mean nothing should happen. Do you know what I mean the platform's just like such a a mystery? But um, yeah, you, you, it's, the, it's the mental side which I think um, which pulls you through, and that's why it goes back to point number one like if it doesn't you don't have a passion for whatever it is you're making then you, you're really gonna tap out early on the hard times um yeah. number three is more of a practical one and that is based on thumbnails uh and I, I, I categorize this like me and jay categorize this by the squint test um unfortunately on youtube like the algorithm <laughs> the yeah that i'll get to that and why that makes sense in a minute but on on YouTube, unfortunately, the algorithm kind of trumps all, really. And I'd, I'd say back in the day, like there's this, like when YouTube first started, the content was a lot different. And obviously, over time, that's going to change. But thumbnails and and titles seemed less important. And me and Jay had like a rude awakening to that um, when we were already kind of 100,000 subscribers deep, really. And um, you've just got to imagine imagine your experience as a viewer on YouTube and how you pick content and it's serving you up so many options and it's there's just a million and one great pieces of content that's in front of you because the algorithms already knows what you want to watch and how do you distinguish between what you're doing and most of all it's it's a, it's a, a kind of it's a subconscious thing which you won't even realize really you'll make a decision in the first like half a second and um so to even get yourself in the mixer with that you need to um you need to have an eye catch and thumbnail and and the squint test is if you can make out what it is when you're squinting that almost represents the the subconscious brain which doesn't know what it is but knows it's interested and once you get that initial attention there's way more chance that those people are going to then click on it um and it also has to work in tandem with the with the with the title basically so we used to shoot for kind of curiosity evoking titles where the the viewer will kind of fill in the blank in their head. So if it's something um, we broke into this event or we snuck on stage at this event gone wrong, they'll, that immediately poses the question, oh my God, what could have went wrong? Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's interest. So then hopefully that results in a click. Um, the reason why that's so important is because I mean, yeah, if no one's clicking your videos or clicking through on your videos, unfortunately, YouTube reads that as people don't care about this content. So then they'll start serving it to less people and less and less and less. And then and eventually till it goes to zero. So, um, yeah, you want to get a good amount of people clicking through. And this is actually, Craig, on your channel where I've seen could improve drastically. Um, a lot of your a lot of your thumbnails just in the last four videos. There's two thumbnails which are almost identical on the Super 73. Very cool bike, by the way. Um, but if I if I was viewing that, there's it, it looks too professional. I'd say it looks like um well it is a photo that's probably like they've taken for their website or uh, something like that. Where I, I, I don't know why I'd want to click that unless I'm looking into like a a proper review from the company but I, I think youtube is based on real people and real kind of reviews i'd I'd want to see like a face there i'd want to see like someone that i can trust or gauge to get their opinion on this this bike or um yeah I, I i think you're always always looking to to put people first on youtube people like to see people they like to engage with characters they like to engage with like um personalities i'd say so Yours almost looks too polished, in a sense.
0: Wow, I, I I never thought I'd get that feedback, but I do appreciate the feedback's a gift. I feel like I'm getting live coaching here. i better I'll get busy.
1: I tell you what's a good one, actually, Craig. Now now that I've said some bad stuff and I've slated you, um, the the one in front of um, oh God, what building is that? Why don't I know what building is that? The Queen, the Queen's, the Queen's okay. house, Buckingham Palace. <laughs> the the one in front of Buckingham Palace is great, um, and and. Weirdly, that's got more views um it's got nearly two thousand views, so that that's like i don't know that that seems more youtube friendly content uh yeah. that that screams like um you'll you'll see you testing it out in the real world scenario situation in london um that it like subconsciously that's that's what it puts out and uh yeah so good good stuff on that one
0: amazing, thank you uh
1: number four done is better than perfect I've robbed this from a filmmaker on YouTube called Peter McKinnon Um, the reason why this is so prevalent is because so many creators are perfectionists like I was when I started and as a result I just didn't put out many videos and as a result I was underrated or I wasn't the channel wasn't growing as I would have liked it to and I and I realized that was a, a a big problem after watching one of his videos, where you as a creator will only see, and if you're editing your videos, especially, you will only see um, improvements. You'll be your own harshest critic. You'll see and you'll know back to the kind of gap thing where you want that video to be, and that gap may be in your skills, or it may be perfectly possible, but on a on a platform where you know content is king, and and the these um the videos need to be going out at a consistent rate. Uh, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna stay to a structure or, or get the content out in a, in a sort of consistent way if you're being a perfectionist. And um, what comforted me is that the audience will only see what you put out and they won't have these ideas or versions of the video which you think it could be at, or they won't see if you edited it slightly differently what it could have been. They just won't think like that. They'll take it for face value. They'll enjoy the content hopefully and um and and you can just get over that mental hump because yeah i i struggled on that for like a good year and a half and um and i made great videos and i'm happy at them but even now i look back at them and think that they're terrible because my skill level has improved so i'm already looking back at them thinking i could improve but that that, that that's normally a great thing anyway if you look back and see the improvement
0: Um, Speaking uh, speaking of perfectionism as well one of the things i hear really often from people who are starting out or want to start out is, yeah, but I don't have a really good camera. I don't have a crew. I don't have proper professional lighting. Do you agree with all of that? What do you, th- what, what what do you think? Uh, no, about
1: qu- I, I was the same, but, but I, I give myself the excuse because I was like a videographer beforehand. I wanted the quality to be somewhat there and I needed a kind of, not a super expensive camera, but I needed a, you know, a, a reasonably priced camera to do my videography work that I was balancing with YouTube anyway. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are, they're so obsessed with um the look or the fit. They think the quality of the content comes from um comes from the production value. When on YouTube, like it is such it's such a catch twenty-two, because I think as a creator you want your content to be as good as it can be. But there's different there's different layers to good, right? Like what makes a good YouTube video could be the, the idea, it could be the idea, the execution of the idea, the storytelling. Like I think our videos are very story driven, storytelling driven with like voiceover and we're really trying to like it's episodic format, right? So we don't really talk much about uh, much else about other stuff going on in our lives. It's just about the content of the video and that mission, so to say. So um i realized early on the production value didn't necessarily matter it needed to be at a certain level just to tell the story in the best way we can but we're never going to get a shiny set up perfectly perfect audio non-shaky shots because what me and jay do is is run and gun and we're running rounds like madmen trying to capture all this stuff so you need to pick your battles really like we've we've had ridiculous production levels on on brandy content for example um where we hired a whole restaurant, hired a whole cinema, had a 10-man camera team operating remote control cameras in a restaurant. And the, not one comment, or not one comment out of the thousand or so that there is says, wow, this production level is great, guys. It was a full-on TV production and yet nobody cared. All they cared about was the concept and the idea and the execution. So you can take um, you can take comfort in that, knowing that the, the bar is low and there is... In fact, an example of that, I, I'm going to, I don't know who they are, but um, there was a, a girl last year who decided to live in a van in America. She had a pet snake and she lived an interesting life, right? That was a, as a 20 something year old, she made a choice to go live in a van with her pet snake. Um, and she grew to a few million subscribers in, in literally five months or so. And she shot and edited everything on an iPhone. So that is the one of the most extreme versions of like it doesn't ca- it doesn't matter whatsoever like it doesn't matter so um, yeah, yeah and, and that's the beauty of the time right we're living in a time where you can shoot and upload something within two minutes and it's out there for the world to see. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it would be seen by the whole world, but like the bar to entry is so much lower than it's ever been. So uh, totally. yeah, don't don't use that as a reason not to start.
0: Well, I started my channel um, and very deliberately, so just with a smartphone, because I wanted to test the extremes. Um, of course, I use a Google Pixel phone. Zach, you know, <laughs> you know uh, it's a very good uh, camera phone. And I'm sure a lot of your content's shot on smartphones still, right? Because, a- as you say, running around, you know, sometimes you can't carry big equipment with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and especially on some of the um, on some of the more low key things that we have to do. If we're like we snuck into the baftas once and we were walking down the red carpet so if if we were there with a big dslr camera holding it up with a big lens a it could be mistaken for a gun or a weapon which we've actually had to consider sometimes when we're sneaking into places or and and b it's just not realistic like an iphone everyone has them everyone takes selfies um so yeah yeah like you said whether it's an iphone or a google pixel i'm sure they're both great for the job but um but yeah, is uh, we use iPhones all the time, and, and no one no one notices or no one cares.
0: We'll have to get you a Google Pixel so you can get even higher production quality. <laughs> Good. Shots Good. fired. <laughs> Done better than perfect. Love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the final one then is, why should they give a shit? I find that is a um an interesting question to ask yourself uh, when you're making content um there is just such an abundance i don't know the figures but i'm I think it's like there's billions of hours of of upload like videos to watch every day or week so when there's never been more competition than ever to set yourself up in the crowds and and kind of yeah gain any sort of momentum why should people give a shit about your content um and I think you you ask yourself that, and you're honest, and then you'll you'll get some pretty interesting answers. I I knew early on that I was I was not interested in making videos about my trip to Tesco's or um, yeah I don't know just 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 what you see some bloggers do. That's that's one subset of content. I was interested in these big uh, what I call like game changing ideas. And so that's what I pursued. And it is a lot harder to execute and plan and, and kind of, you, there's no guarantee any video will work, but that's, that's what I feel like people will give a shit about and that's why I give a shit about. So that's a great match.
0: Well, five, uh, five top tips there from Zach and, and you're totally right on the, on the last one, right? We are in somewhat of an attention economy and I'll give you a number. There's 500 hours of video uploaded every minute, 24 seven, just to YouTube. You know, so why should they give a shit? Uh, yeah, absolutely, right. Um, very good question. Uh, how do you attract attention in the the context of all of that content? And aren't we lucky? We're spoiled for choice, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, you, you've got some amazing content, and I'm really curious. Um, and we'll end we'll end with this question: um, How do you come up with these ideas? You know, you, you you're doing this with your best mate, Jamie, and uh, but. Each, each event is sort of like a blockbuster movie. It's it's <laughs> an idea. In some cases, you, you travel uh, to foreign countries, obviously not at the moment. We're filming in, in COVID lockdown conditions, yeah. but what, what's your process? What's your ideation process?
1: Do you know what? It is it's one of the most common questions we get around, like, are you scared you're gonna run out of ideas? Like, how do you come up with these ideas? now we're we are trying to be more um scheduled with it basically and and kind of put in especially now that we're both apart jay's in manchester i'm in london that is more important than ever that we're putting time every week to kind of talk about these things and just to to get excited about ideas i think like there is inspiration everywhere like there's there's a lot of stuff happening in the world a lot a lot of bad but there's also a lot of great stuff and i don't know inspiration comes from everywhere i suppose but now we are. We're just basically scheduling an hour or so. We have a coffee beforehand, so we're we're nice and sharp. I might have a cold shower beforehand. I I try and do that, and um and yeah, we just talk about ideas that that interest us and um that that, that we think is going to be a, a good time to go and film and, and whether that's. I don't know, the, the content sits in all sorts of different places. We do videos in social good. We do some videos just for the hell of it because we know it'll be a great experience. We There's some which are more like story-driven where we have like a whole kind of story to tell and a background to give. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, that's the beauty of the job, right? We get to do whatever we want um, to some degree. And um, yeah, it's just all of these ideas are just things we genuinely want to do and want to explore. And, um, so there is no there is no real kind of formula to any of this i know like mr beast does mad techniques i like look through a dictionary and brainstorm on those those kind of words but we've never really found that necessary we found our problem in in kind of overpopulating that list and then almost falling out of love with certain ideas because they've been on the list for so long when in reality like all of these ideas came from a place of wanting to do them once upon a time so we're not really sure um but i think i think one thing I will say is once you switch your mind to looking for inspiration in things, whether that's watching the news, watching other people's content, um, on Reddit, on Twitter, wherever, then ideas you're in an idea kind of creating mind mindset, and they'll come to you out of the blue in the shower, whether you're asleep, like and I have a notebook by my bed just for that reason. Um, it, it's the same with with most stuff, right? if you if you switch your attention to that thing, your brain will notice more of that thing and normally the most an example which i can think of is like when i don't know someone you know gets a a new car and suddenly you start noticing all those same cars on the road it's just kind of how your brain will work and and me and jay both do this for a living so we know we're going to have to keep re-upping the fresh ideas so our brains just kind of do the work in the background, and and when we go to discuss them we have we have seem to have lots of ideas all the time
0: Well, however you articulate your process, please keep doing it. Uh, You guys are are, are seen as a high watermark in uh, what innovative creativity looks like. Uh, Zach Alsop, you're an inspiration. Thank you so much for joining me today. Craig, thanks for the time, my friend. Great to talk.